Hey y'all, welcome back to a Monday, June 26, 2023 edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. We've got a fun two-part show here for you guys today. we got uh, Preds Power Hour to start things off here on a Monday. Um, we got the Ryan Johansson trade. Yeah, we break it all down. Brian Baston and Jeff Middleton talk about uh, what that looks like for uh, the Preds, why they did it, um, what this means for um, Nashville going forward, what they got in return for Ryan Johansson. We also talk about which former Isles might be on their way potentially to um, to the Preds. We also talk about um, if a certain free agent or restricted free agent makes sense for Nashville to sign, throw an offer sheet at, all that and more. We also talk about uh, UC Soros trades, um, Andrew Cristal being the most fun late first round option for the Preds, um, and then our, our NHL awards. So all that and more coming up here on Preds Power Hour here on a Monday. So two-parter here on today's show, and hope you guys enjoy part one here. And as always, if you are a subscriber to the Chase Thomas podcast here on the Chase Thomas podcast network, please, please, please make sure you uh, leave this show a five-star rating and write a review. If you have not already done so, it helps other people find the show and it helps this very show continue to grow. Um, also, you can get in touch with uh, with us if you would like to talk uh, natural predators and you have a question for us for next week's show, shoot us an email, Chase Thomas podcast at gmail.com you can also tweet at us at pod chase thomas on twitter so there you go as always you can watch this these episodes full episodes clips shorts all that good stuff on the youtube page youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast like and subscribe all that good stuff as well all right part one press power uncle darren let's go chase thomas podcast the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right, hello. Welcome back to a Saturday edition here on the Chase Thomas Podcast. It's Preds Power Hour on a Saturday. First time ever in, what, a year? Have we been doing this show for a year now? Over a year, I think. Over a year? Okay. Yeah. A little bit over a year now. We've never had breaking news, like right <laughs> before we got recorded. Like, we've never had, like, an emergency Preds pod because news either happens, like, the day after we record a podcast or a couple days before. It's never actually happened the day of. Mm-hmm. And we actually have some breaking news that we can react to right out of the gate. And to do that, of course, we have Brian Baston of OnTheForeCheck.com. Brian, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's, um, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that this happened today because uh, this week is about to get is going to be very very busy here in Nashville. Um, but I do I do want to talk about. I have a special guest here with me too. If I haven't uh, shown this off well enough, little piece of uh, hand, hand uh, <laughs> custom custom art. Oh wow! Yeah, that's our oh, boy. Oh wow! Oh uh, yeah, Arson Hockey on Twitter. By the uh-huh. way, incredible artist. This came in thursday and i'm going to go get it framed here this weekend so i've got askarov here he's here on the show now so permanent oh guest. wow this is i mean that is that's top-notch stuff right it's there. it's dope isn't it <laughs> this is why you go to youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast uh because yes. you get the visual of what we're talking about here because this is a visual medium not just a audio <laughs> medium. that's right i forgot about that <laughs> it's a picture of, it's it, it's our boy it's our russian son mr yaroslav askarov who unfortunately didn't finish the the, the season but uh well he good. will uh be a goalie one uh, going into next year as many are saying <laughs> goalie one. Oh gosh yeah we're not talking about that um <laughs> also here flames nation pinstripe alley jeff middleton jeff good afternoon sir how are you i'm good i'm good you know i'm ready to ready to kick us off with some johansson stuff it's gonna be he fun wants- i'm excited yeah, he's got that because I mean, all Jeff's had to write about in hockey is just that, like, oh, the Flames just promoted from within, and they're just or or just. I mean, to be to be fair, this last like week and a half has been pretty much all prospects, so I yeah. am not complaining. But also, yeah, it's kind of boring with the Flames up there. The, the Preds, though, been... we're over here like we don't know what's going to happen day to day. Barry Trotz is like fast speed you're hired you're fired <laughs> get out of here like he, yeah he's just he's he's all over the place i don't know if any of us had like uh george steinbrenner uh as a con for barry trotz <laughs> as a gm but maybe that is who barry trotz <laughs> is. 
<laughs> Maybe I hope Barry Trotz is a little. I hope Barry Trotz is a little nicer than George Steinbrenner. Yeah, well, let's hope. <laughs> um, well, you alluded to it, Jeff. Brian, what happened uh, 30 minutes ago uh, in terms of Preds country? What trade just went down? Yeah, so um, longtime Nashville Predator, I think six years on his current contract, he made it through Ryan Johansson, uh, you know, first line center, part of the defunct now, the, the Jofa line back in the days of Johansson, Forsberg, and Arvidsson, um, has been traded. Uh, something that has been, I don't know, make a rumor, I guess, every offseason for maybe the last four years. Um, the Predators moved his $8 million contract with two years left to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they will be retaining 50% of his salary, so they'll be saving $4 million over the next two years in exchange for Alex Galchenyuk, which, um, as as my comrade Jeff pointed out before, um, has played for eight teams in his career so far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, in order, those are Montreal, um, which he peaked in Montreal back in the 2015-2016 season. I mean, incredible year. And then he's been basically below or at replacement level since then with Arizona, Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Toronto, Ottawa, Arizona again, and then Colorado. So he's he's been around. But I think, and, and Jeff will kind of fill you in on this one, is this was a move that's not really about the trade itself or what they got in return, but I think it's the it's a business move. Wouldn't you agree, Jeff? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, this had to happen. I don't know. I mean... I'm scrolling through Twitter and everybody's kind of like, what, why, what? And I'm, I'm over here like what to their what, but uh, I just, I mean, I don't know anyone that has, I mean, that has said that this wasn't going to happen. I mean, everybody knew that this was going to happen. Maybe, maybe they didn't think that it was going to happen this soon. Um, Especially, and and the Preds don't really need to relieve that cap space. Technically right now they have enough, Mm -hmm. but I think the point is, and I'm, I'm going to tweet this out, but like Barry Trotz wants to make this team fast and skilled and young. And Ryan Johansson, while he is sort of skilled at this point in his career, he can still pass the puck with the best of them. Mm-hmm. He's not either of those other things. So what is having him on your roster for $8 million a year do to help that goal? Hmm. And it's nothing like it. it he is not contributing to the overall philosophy that Barry Trotz wants to incorporate in the Nashville Predators. And, you know, if he doesn't see that, that, that he, if he doesn't see that that's a fit, then bye-bye Ryan. I mean, that's just kind of what has to happen. And I, I, I hate it because Ryan Johansson has been the vibes guy for years mm-hmm. and years and years and every, I mean, there is no reason not to love Ryan Johansson. Like he is, from everything we have been able to see, he is a great dude, and he's he's super fun, and he's a jokester at mm-hmm. heart. But I mean, this is this is the the tough business part of the sport where good people get shipped off when they're aging and they're not helping their team win. And Ryan Johansson was not helping this team win, um, especially not for eight million dollars. Uh, and you know, you can talk about how they might not need the cap space, but four million dollars goes a long way, and if that helps them get a guy who can help them win or is young and can help them win in the future, you know, by all means, I don't think anybody's going to be confused when Barry Trotz goes. I mean, cause Barry Trotz isn't doing this to just do this. Like I don't, there's, there's reasoning behind it. So mm-hmm. I, let's just say I'm not really worried about what Barry Trotz has in store after this move. I think, I think it's just a case of we have a direction for this team and you don't fit that direction. And as much as you have helped here and done for this franchise, I I mean, we're just going to have to move you. And I'm sure Ryan Johansson understands that. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, like I'll give it, I'll give credit because a lot of like a lot of people are, are have been down on Johansson for a while and and it's understandable, I think. Um you know, even he's not been a great, he's not been an analytics darling. I'll say that um, mostly because I think a lot of his value does, does lie in his ability to, to, to make plays and pass and things like that. And that's something that's just not captured by models right now because we don't have that data, but um, you know, we go through his, his career and you look, you know, we, yes, like with his, with, you know, with his time with the predators, starting with the middle of the 15, 16 season, um, you know, he's been decent 
Um, I think that he's not the player that they expected him to be when they traded for him. However, B, he's been pretty integral. So if you look at his, looking at some of his totals, uh, he never had in his, his career with the Predators never had more than a 15 goal season until uh, last season. So, or two seasons ago, the 21, 22 season, which was his probably by far his best of his entire career, 26 goals, um, 63 points, which was one point behind his uh, his career high back in uh, 1819 when he had uh, he had 64 points with just 14 goals. So I mean he does have a lot. And last season was was a bit of a renaissance for him, which or the two seasons ago was a bit of a renaissance for him. You know, as well as guys like Forsberg and Duchesne. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this was just a case of this is a guy that was brought in by Poyle. Um, <laughs> it was a trade that at the time both teams you know that benefited both teams. I think that. Nashville came out ahead on that trade as history. If you look back um, and you know, it's unfortunate, but from, from what I was hearing here, um, he, if he wasn't moved this summer, there was a pretty strong possibility that he was going to get bought out. And I heard this from the same person who the only other time they've ever told me anything like this was about Kyle Turris getting bought out. So I think that Nashville source. Yes. And I think that yeah. Nashville, um, th- this is much better, you know, 4 million of the next two years. That's better than doing what is that? What do they do for, uh, the, for when they have to do a buyout? Isn't it like, is it 50% over the, the double the time or something? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So and I mean, they are paying 50% like of his remaining salary. Correct. Right. Right. But I think it's, let me do double check. Yeah. So it's, uh, because Kyle Turris has his contract, like they, they pay him until like 2028 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got, there's a buyout calculator I can go check, but um, basically, so two thirds of the remaining salary, um, basically over twice the remaining length. So they would have basically paid uh, 16 million. They probably would have paid 12 million over the next four years. So yeah, it would have been probably a little bit less per year, maybe three, but he all like they would have been on the hook for four years and, you know, they've got buyouts already on the books. So you know, they've got Kyle Turris's, which is going to be going for a while. Um, as, as you said, Jeff, let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, they've got they still have dead cap on 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 Joey and uh, at home, which I'll, I think those are because those are both uh, those are both retained salaries from the trades. But I mean, it, you don't want to start by getting or having to buy out guys and have that dead weight hanging on it. Cause yeah, like they have to spend the next two years paying half of Johansson's salary. But once that's done, it's done. You know, two years is, you know, probably what they're the window that the, the organization is looking at it to, to kind of get things stable and get things back, back on track. And so um, that's good that they, they get to do this, but you know, I think this is actually, I don't know. I mean, unless you were expecting some type of great return, um, this is you got to be happy as a Predators fan. N- yes, not happy because I do. I will miss Johansson too. I loved him as a player. He's a great guy to talk to in the locker room. Um, he's exactly what you think he might be. He, he'd be like talking to him. Um, just real cool, you know, real funny dude. Um, and so he'll definitely be missing this city a lot. You know, um, his dogs were, were very big, very big stars of their own right for a long time there too. And uh, we're going to miss him. But if you're a Preds fan, this is not something to be upset about or be worried about at all. Well, it's also interesting for Colorado, right? Like he's going to be in a pretty big role on a team that wants to win now. This is going to be a very different situation for Johansson and he's playing for a coach he actually uh, played under 10 years ago in the AHL. So there is some crossover there with Jared Bednar. Huh? Good pull. Yeah. So that's uh, from Mark Sheik. I can't. uh, I was going through different things. That's that's, that's, (laughs) that's notes I pulled. Colorado Colorado fixed their 2C problem. I'll say that right now. Second line yeah. center is now filled. Yeah. Yeah. And so is it a good fit? Do you like it, him in Colorado? I mean, I think I think Jared Bednar can make anybody good. I think mm. that system is I think that system is 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 just fantastic. Like I think they play a really fun brand of hockey. And I think I think at this point for four million dollars, I don't think it's a bad fit. I think that him getting a second line a defined second line center role, it's not this you know, one, two with Matt Duchesne or whoever, um, you know, that Nathan McKinnon's the first line center or Gabe Landeskog, if he's coming back or whatever. Right. That's, that was going to be um, my question was about uh, yeah. Landeskog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it also forces a guy like Alex Newhook to have a lesser role, which, you know, isn't 
necessarily a good thing, but it's not a bad thing either. I think Newhook's still young. I think he's really talented. I think he's a really good player. Um, and it, it doesn't force him to have to do too much. You have a guy like Johansson that can just step in and kind of take over that second mm-hmm. line role and be kind of in charge of the middle six. But yeah, I mean, I like the fit. I think it's going to be good for, for Johansson. This little change of scenery. And uh, I think the abs, I think the abs got a, a still capable uh, NHL middle six player for $4 million. Yeah, I think it's going to be a real benefit for him. One, just because he's got a lot of weapons around him now. And that playmaker ability, like, I don't expect him to go and have a points explosion, like, as far as his goals. Like, I don't, see, I could see, it. I mean, it's Colorado. He could get 20 or more goals, but I don't think so. But I would not be surprised if he hit 70 points playing for that team. But I could also very well see him starting the season off as 2C and then being moved back maybe or something like that and moving him out to wing or something because there's just so much talent in Colorado. And you got young guys, like again, like Alex Newhook, you know, you're not going to want to shelter him the entire season. You're going to want to push him out there, get him ice time against higher competition. And I think uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's a low risk chance for, for Colorado. They've lost basically nothing. So, you know, a new hook was barely, or not new hook, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Goyenchuk was, I don't, I don't think he played a hundred minutes last season uh, for, for them. So he was mostly in the, in the AHL. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, but I mean, he's a predator now, you know, this is a guy that was drafted fourth overall um, or third overall. I'm sorry. Um, in the 2012 draft, uh, Johansson was actually drafted fourth overall a, few, a couple years later, I believe. Um, but this is a guy who's kind of bounced around. He had a, he got a deal with Montreal back after his, strong season at worth $4.9 million. And now his last two contracts have been uh league minimum $750,000 by Arizona and, uh, and Colorado uh, last season. He played 11 games, no points, uh, had a minus eight, four penalty minutes, played 42 games with the Eagles. Um, prior to that, he played almost a full season with the Coyotes, 60 games, six goals, 15 uh, assists for 21 points and 32 penalty minutes so more penalty minutes than uh than points but i mean i this isn't gonna this is gonna be a guy that will likely going to spend a lot of time in milwaukee i mm. mean i don't see him coming in and stepping in and doing anything that you know for the predators that the predators don't already have like if they're looking for like a a bottom six player they've got a bunch of those already and they don't necessarily need a guy like Chuck. i mean he's got some ability left but I mean, he's a shadow of what he used to be, you know, back in when he scored 30 goals for the for, for Montreal. Oh, Jeff, you're muted. Yeah, I guess I forgot to turn that button off. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I got a question uh, just, just kind of popped into my mind. Um, but I, w- would you guys be opposed if this $4 million helps contribute to the Alex Debrinkit fund? Well, it's funny you say that because that's what a lot of people are wondering. It's either Debrinket or Bailey were the two names that have popped up immediately following this. I would say Debrinket, but I think the market's pretty, pretty going to get pretty uh, high for him. Which, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've always, I've always liked him. I think that he would be an excellent, excellent uh, addition. But there's also going to be a bunch of, you know. Um, yeah, I would do it, by the way, Jeff, just to answer your question. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he's got the right, that's the right combination. Um, you know, every time I've said something this offseason, I'm, I'm worried because every time I say <laughs> like this guy, like I think would be a great ad, he gets signed by somebody else. Um, but again, does he we'll, fit what Barry Trotz wants? Do you think he, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think, he's, young. I think, he's 25. He's scored 40 goals twice. He's a good skater. Like for him, does it make sense? For him, his vantage I mean, point? Nashville's on his list, apparently. Yeah, hmm. I would say, yeah, I think so. I think that's a good a good spot. I mean, he has to under, he'll probably have to understand that it's going to take a couple a year or two before they're going to be you know in contention for anything. But yeah, I mean, I think it's it's you know he just played. He, maybe his standards are a little bit lower because you know considering who he just played for for a while. But you know, it's uh, I'm glad to hear that that Nashville's on the list. But I get the feeling that's going to be a uh, they're going to have to pony up some cash i think for a guy like that and the decision is basically is do you want to start sinking long-term money into anybody now um and i don't know what trot's thinking about that nobody really does so far so it'll be it'll be curious to see well and we could probably put a bow on it here with this freed up money 
you know Trotz is going to be interested in bringing back some miles. Who, which one do you think is most likely and which one would you actually most want to see in a Preds uniform that has been an Islander under Trotz? Matthew Barzell. Uh, yes, no. <laughs> he stole it. <laughs> um, hmm. That's a good question. I'm not... I'm trying to think about who would be available. Yeah, I know, because I don't know what their contract situation is. Like, well, Josh gonna... Bailey has been thrown out there. I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't know about that one yet. I'd have to. I'd have to look it more into it. I think it could be mm. something, but there's not a ton of guys like. I mean, like Varlamov. Like you're, they're not going to go get him. Like they don't. Mm. They don't need you know somebody like that. Um, you know, there was um, a Panic. I think is available. Matt Martin. <laughs> Matt Martin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 gonna be interesting. So like you look at guys, you could also look at guys like um, you know, that came from Florida too, like, you know, because they had Predators hired Derek McKenzie, a, a, play, a guy that I thought might still be playing as a player until fairly recently. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh you know, there's guys in there with with Florida. He was also in Sudbury uh last season, you know, so there's guys like that. And I'm I'm trying to think again, I'm not as as familiar with some of these guys that Florida might be. Um there's always a Radko Gudas, but he's 33. Um <laughs> that'd be a fun ad that wouldn't it wouldn't that make would much be, sense yeah. it wouldn't make much sense as far as like what they're trying to do but it would just be kind yeah. of like yeah all right i like i mean this he's really a complete antithesis of what happens happens or what's going to happen with this team which is awesome because know. you would think that that's the exact kind of move the nashville predators would make yeah you know? i know right yeah mm-hmm. yeah we've turned over a new leaf i mean but you got guys in florida i mean um, you know, you could get Patrick Hornquist, 36, oh, a man's my age. Oh God. Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Bailey could be a good option. I think I just don't see them taking a swing on guys. I think that if, if it was me and I was trying to adopt this philosophy is I would sit and sit on about, cause they've got 19, let me make sure here. They've got $19.6 million in cap space now. Um, they still only, I think they have like maybe like 19 roster spots right now but um you know they've got plenty so sit on 10 12 million of it and wait till the deadline i don't i think that they're going to come out looking a lot stronger and and honestly if i'm another team right now looking at what nashville has as far as draft picks and stuff like that i'd be a little bit more stingy or at least asking for a whole lot more uh nashville kind of moves into more of a position of power if they can start this season with the mindset that we're going to be players at the deadline. We we're going to be doing you know, we're going to be scouting early like this is what we're working towards because I think that's where the you know, the good deals are made. That's where you save some money and you make trades like, you know, you get to be on the opposite side of a trade where the, you know, you're taking on a guy and they're they're taking on a a player that takes up a lot of money or something like that. And so, you know, Barry Trotz wants to rebuild this team. This is what people have shouted for for a long time and it's happening now and it's, you know, and so really anything could happen and again i still expect i still expect this probably to be the first trade of this week of i'm gonna say the over under on number of trades even if they're like minor trades or draft trades i'd say over i'd say seven and a half i because i think they're going to and i'm going to take the over on that because i get the feeling that they're going to make a bunch of trades for um for ahl level guys or they may move up you know a few spots up or down to you know, stockpile a bunch of seventh round picks or some um, some future considerations, which I always think is hilarious that you can just say like, no, we're just sending in there like we're not getting anything back. And I know officially like you're supposed to, I, I guess, do something later on. But nah, it's you know, but so th- there's guys out there, but I don't know that the whole taking a big swing on somebody other than like a uh, or something like that is going to be in the works. There's also always um a young, you know, a younger, uh, really high skill player in Evan Rodriguez that might be out there too. But just, just I we haven't really brought him up before, so I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. <laughs> Brian's I like a it. Big fan. Brian's yeah. a big fan. I am. Um, <laughs> well, so Brian, we have some awards conversations we need to get to. Big week in Nashville, Tennessee, um, NHL awards. So. I think I'll leave this to you and Jeff, y'all's NHL awards leading up to this big week. All right. So I guess we can we can kind of go through this a little bit quicker. But Jeff, I guess I'll give you the awards and the nominees and tell me who you think. And then I'll give you my is it it who I think or who I'd pick? Uh, Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
you can t- you can say both if it's a different. Okay, answer. I'll say both. Okay, okay. All right. So um, let's see. So I don't think we really need to. I guess. I mean, we could talk about the Masterson and the Clean Clancy, but it's those yeah. are kind of not really one. So let's skip over those. Uh, Jim Gregory, General Manager of the Year. So um, up for it is Jim Neal of the Dallas Stars, Don Sweeney of the Boston Bruins, and Bill Zito of the Florida Panthers. I think I know what the answer should be from both of us on this one. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be Don Sweeney, right? I mean, I think so. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, Zito makes a really strong argument, I would say, but yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Don Sweeney for the season <laughs> yeah. that the Bruins had. So I, I don't think I mean, there's that's... around it. Uh, I think I picked I picked Don Sweeney too. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the Selkie Trophy, the award that is. Oh boy. I always enjoy it, but um, there is the honestly it should be named the Patrice Bergeron Trophy. Yeah, um, Nico Hishier and Mitch Mitch Marner, uh, who was just at what was it a Taylor or Shania Twain concert last night yeah, on stage? Yeah, yeah. yeah. look at he, <laughs> yeah, it was looks hockey players look so goofy in the real world sometimes, and he is definitely one of them. So yeah, who do you think is going to win the Selkie? Uh, I think Patrice Bergeron. It whenever he's it, you know. And he, he deserves he's, it, like, every single time. Yeah, I, think I was about to say, it. I like he's never, like, it's not like he's just been there because he hasn't been good. Yeah. It's, um, he's, he's always really good. All right, so Jack Adams, um, Dave Haxtall with the Seattle Kraken, Jim Montgomery of the Bruins, and Lindy Ruff of the New Jersey Devils. See, this one's a little harder. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I, I will say that I have different answers for who I think, who I would pick and who deserve, who will, will win. I I would probably pick... If I was voting, I would probably pick Dave Haxtell, but I think Jim Montgomery is going to get it. Same answer. Yep. Haxtell, honestly, why why Ron Francis? Lindy, not- I, yeah, <laughs> Lindy Ruff just got better goaltending this year. That's, yes, he that's, did. That's where, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but like, I mean, like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that GM like uh, you know Ron Francis wasn't up for that one too. I mean, not that he was yeah. going to win, but the work that they've done up there in Seattle has been pretty incredible. All right, Calder Trophy. Oh, Matty Veneers for Seattle, Owen Power for Buffalo, and Stuart Skinner for the Edmonton Oilers. It's Veneers. It has to be Veneers. I think so too. I think yeah. absolutely. I think he had a great year. I mean, it's not a strong, a strong like Calder class as we've seen mm-hmm. in previous years, but mm-hmm. Veneers has been about what you expected of a guy like him. I think. I think they've got to be pretty happy with him, and to have you know, all these Seattle players showing up in the awards, and you know, it's pretty impressive. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so we can talk about um, the Ted Lindsay, which is is that I believe that's the one that's voted that's the on the most outstanding player voted yeah. on by the players. Yeah. Yep. So up for that are obviously Connor McDavid, David Pasternak, and Eric Carlson. It's McDavid. It has to be McDavid. The players aren't very creative. Yeah. Um, they 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 really do settle with like, oh, this is the guy. Just because I mean, I imagine that if you're lining up against this guy, you're kind of like, oh, you know, that's the one that gives me nightmares. As Vanilla, much as you give boring yeah. nightmares. As much as you give respect to Eric Carlson, nobody is worried about Eric Carlson like they are McDavid. Right. Like well, I think McDavid's Carlson, just like a yeah. He's a step above. So speaking yeah. of Carlson. Norris Trophy, Carlson, Adam Fox of the Rangers, and Kale McCarr of the Avs. Do you think it's? I'm pretty sure it's a no-brainer at this point. I, I'm going to go off the board here, not off the board, but uh, I would. I, they're going to pick Eric Carlson. Yes, they will. But I think I'd have Kale McCarr. I was going to yeah. say I've been actually a leaning a little bit more towards Adam Fox, to be honest. Really? But huh. I really like his game and the way that he's grown this last season. Um, yeah. I don't know that I, like. I, he wouldn't. He wouldn't win. Like I, I would say, it'd be one of those where it's like I'm giving this dude respect just because he had a great year. But I, it's yeah. good. Carlson's going to win in a landslide. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I think you know. I think Cam McCarr's only problem is that he didn't play as many games. Yeah. Like he he missed time. And what's insane to me is I was looking at his numbers the other day. They are like on pace to be around where Carlson was, both analytically and in the like in the box score like he technically had a better season than he had last year when he won mm-hmm. and it was just oh, did he, he win last hurt. year i did he win last year i don't remember i don't um, think I'm, he did I, no i'm thinking two years ago i'm being salty about yossi oh okay yeah he did win last year yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. see i'm not an idiot you just got me th- <laughs> you just got me you just got me reverse psychology in myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well um I'm going to do. I'm going to save the most important award for for last. So let's talk about the Hart Trophy next. <laughs> All right. Um, Hart Trophy, most valuable player: Connor McDavid, David Pasternak, Matthew Kachuk. 
interesting that's a it's an interesting choice yeah because i would say a lot i mean kachuk had a great year but i think he really kind of pushed his profile over during the playoffs is that enough for you jeff i mean i think i mean i think Connor mcdavid is gonna win this one like i don't think there's there's no debate on that one yeah but um is he now I, in the Mike Trout zone where he's just never going to play important yes. games and he's just oh, going to yeah. be universally understood to be the best player and people mm-hmm. are just going to have fatigue where it's like, but to Chuck is the best story this year, but also yes. like we know that he's not better it's, than it's like that tweet, was like that tweet about Mike Trout. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that, the one about, you know, he's done something for the first time in like 150 years. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was like that when he scored, I think it was 128 points. Everybody was kind of just like, no, all right. <laughs> Like I was like, dude, this he has 128 points, by the way. Oh, but, no, yeah. yeah. No, this season though, 153. Yeah. That's I ridiculous. okay. So he's gonna win. But if I'm going off of what I think the most valuable player is, I think it's Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. I I think Connor McDavid is obviously second. He can't be lower than second on anybody's ballot, otherwise I question but, I what mean, honestly, you're doing. Most valuable player. I mean, yeah. again, and I hate this because, you know, this is this is the same argument I used to get mad about when they would talk about, you know, Marino and stuff like that. It's like, well, where's your rings? But like, yeah, at some point you have to be like, you know, Kachuk pushed that team over the edge. He did exactly what we debated for, you know, all those times we talked about Kachuk when he was, you know, on the market. You know, he did exactly what you want a player like that to do. You know, he came in yeah. and carried that team and pushed that team through. And I mean, very I mean, almost to to, you know all the way to the to the cup. I mean, so yeah. that's I mean, to me that's valuable. I mean, McDavid's had his chances. I had him first. I had him first even before the playoffs. Yeah. Like I think I think he just he delivers something to that team that we haven't really seen in a, mm-hmm. in a while. Like I think he's not only a guy who's going to score a bunch of points. And honestly, the point differential between him and I think it was Carter Verhage, who was second on that team, was reminiscent of 2018-19 New Jersey Devils Taylor Hall. Yep. Like where he just, you know, destroyed everybody and his teammates were just kind of left in the dust. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I mean, he pushed that team over the edge. Like they were not in a playoff spot with like two or three weeks left in the season. Mm-hmm. And then they just, I mean, he just, it wasn't sure. just him, but they turned on. Like they, he, led that charge like i think i think there's something to that yeah well we have one more award um (laughs) it is it's for the uh i guess it's the award the vesna trophy for the second best goaltender in the nhl Um, (laughs) for the highest goals again or for the lowest goals against average in the NHL. yes or the top three guys when you sort the list by save percentage (laughs) um there's Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets, Ilya Sorkin of the New York Islanders, and is it Linus, Linus, Linus? Linus. Linus Olmark of Linus the Olmark. Boston Bruins. And left out of that list, again, I'm not necessarily mad because I think UC Soros should have won this year, but to have him not be a finalist is He's on the list. Yeah. Is utterly ridiculous. I mean, I would yeah. say, I mean, if anything, you know, it's like, I don't think he's getting in like in, in place of Sorkin or, or Olmark, but he, I, I think he had a better year than Hellebuck by by far and but whatever it's fine I'm not mad he had a better not, year than Linus Allmark too I'm just gonna yeah, say yeah yes he did so okay so Jeff you already know I think that I'm gonna tell you that I have two answers for who's going to win and who should win yeah. out of these three uh, but I want to know what you think uh, well Linus Allmark's gonna win mm-hmm. and I think Ilya Sorokin should win. I'm going to say, as much as I get mad about Soros, I think Ilya Sorkin has been the best goaltender in the NHL all season um, with a yeah. higher workload. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, again, like we're looking at like the defensive, like the metrics as far as like the teams, the teams in front of him. Like Sorkin and Soros had just. They also, had their, I think the difference between him and Soros and goal saved above expected was like actually kind of big. Yeah, it was like. like he, he did at the towards the end of the season. I'll look it up right now. But towards the end of the season, they narrowed the gap quite a bit. Um, yeah. But I mean, Sorkin was. Pretty it was much, at one point close to the difference between Soros and second and third place. Yeah. So like Soros led the, for evolving hockey led all goaltenders in goals above replacement with fifty two. Sorkin was at forty nine. Olmark at forty five, and Hellebuck at thirty eight. Um, <laughs> Sorkin was the strongest goaltender at five on five, even strength. Uh, Saros was the strongest goaltender by quite a bit, um, shorthanded. 
So that's kind of where the, the, the differences lay. But if looking at goals saved above, let's take a look. I want to say, like I said, I think it was a, like a 12 or 13 goal difference at one point. Yeah, so they brought it down. So Sorokin was 51 goals saved above expected. Uh, Saros was 46. So five goals difference. Yeah, so I mean, man, they, they narrowed it down. But I mean, again, like that's just where it gets me upset is that like Hellebook didn't have a better season than Saros, I think, by any metric. I, I really don't think they did, and, and he did. So, and just to ignore the season that Saros has, because he legitimately could have been, you know, a very close second place in this race and probably mm. should be. Because I, no disrespect for what Olmark did, because he had an incredible season, but I just don't think he faced the the workload that even yeah, you know no. even Hellebuck did. Um, I don't think it was close had, either. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to win it, but I don't think necessarily that he's going to be. He's the most deserving out of, out of these three. So, but we'll find out. Um, I'll find out in person here ne- next week and. Um, still mad because I thought I was going to get to see Keenan Thompson at the NHL awards, but no, <laughs> so that's fine. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, that's, that's the last of the fake awards, the fraud awards that the NHL is going to be handing out. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I kind of thought Saros would make it just for the fact that they were hosting the awards in Nashville. Yeah. I kind of thought they'd throw him in there as well. Um, but yeah, and there's going to be a lot of stuff this, this, uh, this coming week so awards are just part of it unfortunately no, nashville's not involved in any of it but it'll be cool to watch and it's cool that it's in in town again mm-hmm. well speaking of things that are in town and things that are cool that people need to be specifically preds fancy to be up to date on it's not just the players who might be leaving this team that barry trotts might be uh kicking out uh i hope uc Saros is renting at the moment you never know okay <laughs> got to stop with that chase you're gonna manifest it i know um but also the preds are gonna have a really really exciting draft i think for the first time in a while where i mean jeff you alluded to this a few weeks ago where it's like they've been solid like it hasn't actually been bad drafts um year over year it's just now you have no idea what to expect because it's full-on best player available speed different kind of uh mind in the room making these picks i think this is probably one of the most exciting preds drafts and i'll maybe and what uh, how many years has it been since you're you just haven't been this excited about what the preds are going to do when was the last time y'all were this excited and preds fans have been this intrigued by the draft the askarov year okay yeah 11th overall yeah so 2020 three years i got over probably before that it was like 20 right after the cup yeah i mean that there wasn't yeah tolvin was 2017 2018 yeah Yeah, they couldn't believe that he fell down that far so well (laughs) well what uh what are the areas of need and who this is a two-parter because it's like who do we think trot should target and who do you think based on what he said thus far is going he's going to target (laughs) early in this draft i would say areas of need are yes um i mean i mean goaltending seriously yeah i mean goaltending they don't necessarily need you know, I think that they're going to. I don't know that. Like, you know, Devin Cooley has already, you know, said he was going to leave or test free the market. For, you know, for Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Um, uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Um, who is the second goaltender? Oh my god! Um, they just resigned for another year. For oh. us. For Nashville. Uh, what? Who is our? It's not. I can't. People want to say Dave Riddick, and it's not. It's Kevin Lankinen. Thank Lankinen. you. Yes. Okay. Now I edit that out. Please, you're talking about Milwaukee. Second goal. No, like, no, that was cool. Isn't it? That was that's sad. Yeah, edit that out if you can. If not, oh well. But it's, uh, it's okay. It's okay. We're human beings. It adds flavor to this podcast. No, but Kevin Lincoln is so nice to me, and I feel real bad. The listeners bad. and the, the listeners and the watchers just understood now that we are not perfect. We don't know everything. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, like, I think that you've got a ton of options that like you can go with and you want, you know, so you've got your core, you've got Roman Yossi, you know, defensively, who's, who's that main core guy. You've got Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne, who are your core offensively with a bunch of young guys. And honestly, if you look at, I mean, for me, if, and again, I, I'm, I'm working, I've been doing a lot of research to try to catch up with you guys as far as draft prep goes, but you know, they don't have the decor is getting pretty thin. 
You yeah, know, that's yeah, what I was going to say. It's like the defense. If you're going to talk about one position of need, it's defense. I mean, like, I can't. That's why I'm not worried about um, Alex Carrier uh, still not having an offer, you know, as an RFA, because I absolutely think he's still, he continues to be an absolute steal for the Predators. And he should, he's earned his spot. I mean, he's playing for a while. He was playing like the second, you know, the second best defenseman on, on the team. Uh, you know, so I think he's a guy that they're going to bring back, but they've got us. I think they really got to start shoring up, you know, the pipeline defensively because I don't think they've got that guy that's a, you know, breakout dude that's just waiting in the AHL or waiting in juniors, to be honest. I would mm. agree. You know I mean, because there's plenty of there's plenty of, you know, forward talent, like, you know, potential, at least potential talent. Yeah. I mean, but the I, question then is how much of that is going to graduate to the NHL and how much of that are they going to have to shore up? Mm-hmm. this year and next year like i think we know where this team is headed we mm-hmm. saw it last year so yeah. as much as there's not a ton of defensive talent in the pipeline one could argue that in the next couple of years there won't be much forward talent either because it's all going to be in the nhl right so do you stack that up to do you even worry about it i wouldn't worry about it i'm always bpa best player available yeah, like I, and I, I think, think they're in a good position for that. I really do. I say, especially in this draft, I think I think you kind of just have to roll with the punches and do BPA. Yeah. Do you do you think that you know at the first at the first first round pick? Do you think there is a defenseman that's worth that high of a pick? Oh yeah, yeah. I think um, I think Axel Sandin Pelica, the guy I talked about, I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Swedish defenseman. He, I think he is. Really good. I th- I have him ranked as the best defenseman in this draft. Wow. Um, but I could see him falling to 15, and he's it's because he he's small. He's 5'10", um, but he's so mobile. He's, I know, small, as if that matters anymore. But, you know, who am I to judge? Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he's, he's so mobile. He is an excellent passer, great skater, great in transition. He walks the blue line like – one, I mean, honestly, one of the best in-zone defensemen I've watched in a while. Um, I think, I mean, I, I like, I think there's arguments for him to not be the best defenseman in the draft. Um, like some people have David Reinbacker as the best defenseman, but I think, I mean, I've just watched Axel Sandin Pelica, you know, he, he came into the J20 National League and just tore apart everyone that's, in that's his That's not own, an easy league group. to do that in either. No. Like, it's, it's not an easy league no. to do that in. Yeah, he just he ripped that league to shreds, <laughs> and like I, I just he he's impressed me so much. And I think if if he's still there at fifteen, I think obviously it's depending on who else is on the board, but I think he has to be really considered if he's still up there. Um, do you think if the if the Predators go if they go defenseman at you know with the first pick? Do you think they're going to go forward with the next? And, you know, conversely, if they went forward, do you think they would try to try uh, target a defenseman at the end of the first round, like, you know, to make up? Or is it truly just whoever is out there and I whoever's mean, best? I think it's, I think it could be either one. Like, if they pick Sandy and Pelica at 16 or at 15, I could see them taking a forward. And there's one forward that I think will fall that I am in love with. And yeah. that is Andrew Cristal. I yeah. am a huge Andrew Kristol fan. Uh, and, you know, there are legitimate concerns. He is a huge boomer bust prospect. And I understand that there, his skating is not great. He relies a lot on the 10 to 2 Mohawk stride to kind of open up lanes. But my God, his hands and the way he reads the ice, I just like, here's the thing. Like, I think. I think if you trust your coaching staff to work on somebody skating, you take a huge swing at Andrew Cristal at 24. And I think that's just like, and again, obviously it depends on who is still on the board, mm-hmm. but like there are some forwards that could fall to 24. That would be a huge pickup. Like Riley height. I just had, a, I just wrote about him. I was going to say, and, I didn't think he'd make it that far to be honest. Well, I don't, I mean, I, I have him ranked, around that area. I have him a little higher than 24, but he he's again, he's flashy. He's a better skater than Cristal. He is chippy. He's a, I mean, he'll get in there. He's five ten, but he'll get in there and he'll play physical. 
I mean, he's not as much of a poke a poke the bear kind of player as Zach Larue, but he <laughs> yeah. he's he's a he's not afraid to play physically. His hands are so sweet, uh, and he's he had I mean he was tied with Connor Bedard for assists in the WHL this year yeah. at 72. Like you don't just do that. That's just mm-hmm. not something that that's not something that just happens. Like yeah. he was at, and he was the third highest point scorer that's undrafted this year in the WHL. It was Bedard and then I think it was Zach Benson. Yep. And then it was him. So, you know, if he's at 24 still, I, I would I would say him or Andrew Cristal. I mean, there are a bunch of guys that could fall. Shala is one of them. I think he might be an interesting pick at 24. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of potential with these two picks. And I, I I'm just gonna go out and say it. I don't think the Preds should trade up unless something really good comes across the table. So I've I've got two hypotheticals for you. And one of them is something that we've had to unfortunately come to terms with in the past couple of days. Um at 25 years old, center, last season, 27 goals, 63 points. Would you take one of those first round picks and pay, or you know, would you, or would you, would you, would you, would you put money to add Pierre Luc Dubois to this team? Absolutely not. No way. Okay. Nope. Hell <laughs> not no. for the money he's asking for. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I personally would love to trade Ryan Johansson to add another Ryan Johansson, but. Yeah, that's yeah, like I just yeah, he's not worth nine million dollars in one I mean, universe. Last season, last season he had more goals than Ryan Johansson's ever had in a season. I mean, there you go. I mean, I just, but I, he's I mean, a, he, not, there's a lot of baggage that comes with him too. I just don't. There was a lot of baggage that came with Ryan Johansson. That's true. You want to talk about you know having a guy that is not a great skater but making it in the league? Yeah, Joey wasn't the best skater in the world, and then somebody even from the untrained eye like me can could see that. You know, yeah. So. All right, so the second question is, you got a lot of draft picks. You've got a bunch of stuff coming up. Do you think Barry Trotz could uh, could uh, try and pull a, pull a fast one on, on a, somebody's restricted free agent and uh, give him an offer? I can, tell you I, some mean, RFA, I can tell you some RFAs that are out there right now. I mean, they're... I am uh, all for the offer sheet world. I have always been for that, and I... I mean, imagine, was it the imagine, Senators years ago? Who was it who did the huge FU It was RFA the move? Montreal Canadiens and Carolina Hurricanes. That's who it was, Carolina. Yes. Yeah, okay. They offer sheeted Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Yes. Mm. Uh, yep, and, and that's it, because I can't very think of any famous People don't uh, do that. offer sheets. There's never been any famous other never, famous Nope, never sheets. famous. Not never possibly one that we could still ones. be possibly paying for, you know, years in the future. Yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't know, Chase, uh, the whole the Flyers. Web- yeah. Yes, the Flyers. Yes, one of the many reasons I hate Philadelphia sports, <laughs> um, and the, yeah, I, I really it, my heart breaks for them right now. But um, hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so Shea Weber, they put they put that that uh, offer sheet down on Shea Weber. Um, it was I can't remember the total right now, but basically what happens now is that if he retires, uh, I think any time before what three years from now or two years from now. The Preds are on the hook for the rest of his like dead cap money, and it could be something like if he retires one year before the end of like his proposed deal was, uh, Nashville will be paying like twenty four million dollars in cap space for one season. Wow! And it's one of those things. It's because of you know how the CBA he won't retire because he loses that money. But yes, yeah, that's part of the thing too. But uh, yeah. it's just it's scary and it's it's a big albatross, and I have to update that story every off season because it's just one of those like. <laughs> We have our own Bobby Bonilla. I mean, yeah, yeah, something similar. But yeah, so I mean, looking at some RFAs, Jeff, I mean, there's guys like, I don't know, Timo Meyer is going to resign. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think that's going to be a big deal. But uh, would you would you throw an offer sheet on Trevor Zegers? <laughs> yes. Oh, 100%. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you look at guys like him, some other guys, um, let's see, like Vince Dunn, no. Yeah. Uh, Dubois, no. <laughs> um, I mean, there's not a t- ton of, of guys like that, but I mean, like, Kandre Miller, maybe. I mean, like, Zegers would be kind of the guy, but I think, honestly, let's, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like, I'd throw away half the draft for J- Trevor Zegers right now. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. I mean, like, that's a known, known quantity, right? I mean, yeah. That's that's part of what I'm also very curious to see what happens this week because with this kind of with all these draft picks, like why not take a swing? I mean, why not sit there and just be like, you know what, Zegers, like you want to, <laughs> we're gonna put this out there and then we're gonna we're gonna force Anaheim's hand, you know, 
I, I say I don't really see too huge of a downside for a guy like Zeke. No, I don't either. I mean, you either pay him money and you get him on your team, or you make the Anaheim Ducks pay him a lot of money. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Especially look if you're look going after a guy like Debrinket, who you're going to have to pay money to. Like, why not? If he's not available, right? See, like, see I think here. it's a fun exercise to just think about where your money would be allocated if you have no Debrinket, but you have a Zegris. Like, I think that's. How does that change the dynamic of the team? I'd be interested to think about that a little bit more. But yeah, because I'm looking at seeing what the buy like because obviously because I mean Zegers is still he's on his rookie deal, isn't he? Yes. Right, I and so. so I mean his his AAV was you know like one hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever or nine hundred thousand. Yeah. So I mean, like honestly, like it's kind of like it's not like it's going to be one of those ones where it's a guy who's like making five million dollars or more and you have to give up four first round picks. Yeah. I mean, so he was in range right now. Uh, I mean, he'd be like a third or a second. I mean, I'm not even sure how exactly this would work out, but I mean, wh- why, why not? Why not? I know. Why not? The man's going to be it's asking different. for a lot of money and justifiably. Yeah. I mean, if what did Cole Caulfield get? Like, I can't remember what he signed to. I thought was it was it, a pretty was decent. It, eight? it wasn't eight, was it? Uh, it might have been uh, 7.8. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, short kings, you know, get yeah. it, buddy. I appreciate yeah. that. Five, scores seven. a lot of goals. Scores you a know, lot of goals, baby. As somebody who's five seven, let me tell you the one thing that you to know about guys who say they're five seven, they're five six. So they're, yeah, they're not five, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like six feet. Guys are actually all five eleven. Like that's I, I, I'm five eleven, and it. I told. I remember I told my doctor. I was like, "This is, this is bullshit." Because I would rather just be. Five nine, five ten, or six two. Like five eleven yeah. does nothing for me because there is it rough. It, is it rough, Chase? Being five eleven is that hard for you? Because I can't say I can't say six feet. Like I can never do it because they're like you're not six feet and you're not all. But also five eleven just doesn't. It does. If you say five eleven to a lot of people, that's like five eleven to like five eight is all in the same stratosphere. Listen, Even there's like the not, meme, the meme know. of like of like. <laughs> The six foot plus and it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson yes. and five eleven Lawrence Kevin Hart. Ryan, we're looked at the same. <laughs> like five eleven and five we are <laughs> No, don't even give me that. Don't even give me that. Jeff, how tall are you? Uh, I'm like five ten. Okay. Five nine and a half, five ten. Depends on what shoes I'm wearing. So I'm yeah, the king of the, the pod here. You you are because yeah, yeah in yeah. my strong my strong half Japanese genetics were ensured that I wouldn't grow past you know <laughs> five six five seven. It took me until I was thirty two to be able to grow facial hair properly. So it's well, so I'm weird because mo- a lot of my family is over six foot, but I just don't. Yeah, it's not don't necessary. Know. Like I, I have it's, it's, it's five eleven five ten is totally fine for me. I don't yeah. I don't care. It's totally fine. It but works. Five ten. I can is still just... score goals. I can't score them as well as Gold Caulfield, but I can still score goals. I just want to say I'm six feet. Like it just, it's so you, are. you basically like, are, you basically are just, you, just you say that fine. I'm not because no one, I will always be called on it. If I'm like, I'm basically six feet. They're like, but you're not, you're not six feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, these people aren't going like this, talking to you, looking down when they're like, Hey, you're not five seven. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's hey, fine. It's okay. It's All right. Okay. So, uh, Jeff, I have one more question before we go. And you know yeah. what, Chase, you can, oh, can I throw one, one other thing about this? Yeah, uh, go, for it, go for it. The thing with my research and Crystal, mm-hmm. he's the pick here because you want to do a long-term play if you're Barry Trotz. Uh-huh. You know who his best friend is? Who's that? Connor Bedard. You want to do a long-term <laughs> oh, yeah. play there where you bring him in. He's happy with the culture. If Bedard and things go awry in Chicago. Surely the culture is not a, pro- yeah. be a problem in Chicago. I mean, okay. So you I'm do a long-term play. Now. You bring in the guy who might bring in the main guy five years <laughs> from now. I'm going to say Right now, Connor Bedard said that Andrew Cristal was the smartest player he has ever played with, I, with or against. I, I think that's a good reason to, hey, just take the flyer. Just bring him in. You can teach skating, but you can't teach a hockey mind, man. Mm. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say right now. I played with a lot of great skaters that don't know the game at all, and they mess up because of it. So We've decided Cristal's the pick. Yeah, I guess so. I would, I would fall to my knees. I'd be so happy. <laughs> that would be that would be great. I would love that, especially if they get somebody at fifteen too. Like that's really like a they they snag Braden Yeager at fifteen and then Andrew Cristal at twenty four. 
I'm mm-hmm. well, I'm leaving. I, I I wouldn't need to be there for anything else. That's a success. <laughs> there you go. Are y'all both going to be there? On uh, or you'll be at the beach? No, you will not be at the beach. I will be there. I okay. will be at the awards too. But okay. I'll be at the I'll be at the draft. I'll be at the first day. I think I'm leaving the second day. I don't okay. really need to be there the second day. Not, yeah, I know. I was like, I was looking at my schedule for work, and I was like, do I want to be? Do I want to go Thursday? I'm like, I'll stop in, but I don't know that I want to be there for all. Nah. Of, when it gets to the dregs of like the entertainment for the day, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's not. It's just going to be people calling in their picks. It's not going to be anything special. Yeah, can not everybody's going to be picking a Uso Parson in the second. Day I know, also. right? Uh, okay, so. I already told you guys kind of my idea for my my like hot take like what something cool that I'd like to see happen even though it probably won't and that was that's all for sheeting Zegras. Mm-hmm. What would you just you know if you could do anything or whatever? What would be your like your controversial you know spicy take or move this week? What do you what do you, what would you want, Jeff? Trading UC Saros. Yours. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, mine like, too. Like, <laughs> well, here's the thing, I. You set us up for that, Brian. I did. I really did, and I should have seen it coming. Now that I say it, I don't know if that's actually my choice. But um, let's see. I mean, I'd like to see them sign Alex to bring it, like, or, or or trade for Alex to bring it. Like, I think, I think if there's, I mean, if you are not going to trade UC Saros, and that doesn't seem to be on the table right now, which there have been calls apparently. Um. I think you got to do your best to use the cap space that you just opened up and bring in somebody and you know that or trade up in the draft and get somebody. I don't think I don't need them to trade up in the draft. I think people that want them to trade up in the draft are being a little too hopeful because that rarely happens at least in the first round. But I think, yeah, I mean, you just got to swing for the fences this week. Like I think if you get an offer for UC Saros, that's, Another another first round pick this year, where you can have three first rounders. Like I think that's. Mm-hmm. I know it sucks. I know no, it sucks. It makes a lot I know of sense it. hockey hockey wise. <laughs> it makes a ton of sense hockey wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think you gotta listen. Like I think this is it's crunch Look, time now. You got now. the Askarov stuff behind you, Brian. You're ready for the Askarov era anyway. You're basically <laughs> yeah. pushing for it anyway. You're advertising this era. <sighs> Something like that, Chase. Something like that. Okay, well, and then that would have been your Wait, answer. Matt, Mitchkov mm-hmm. is, Matt Mitchkov is in New York. He's in North America. Is He's he? coming to Nashville. Trade up, baby. Give me Matt Mitchkov. <laughs> or <laughs> trade up and get Will Smith. You could, they could swing that. I would... I love Will Smith. I would. I would love that. He's a. He's. So I get to fun. recycle all the memes from the Will Smith in New Orleans yeah. days. Like I get to recycle those memes. Like it'll be good. Yeah. I think, yeah, anyway, I think it's, I think if you're not trading UC Saros, which it doesn't seem like it is, I think you got to sign a big, sign or trade for a big guy. Or not sign, I guess it's not July, but trade for a big name. And that should be Alex to bring it. Uh, um, yeah. Bring him in, baby. I want him in. <laughs> what about, what about bringing, speaking of bringing in youth, what about um, unrestricted free agent Michael Bunting? <laughs> <sighs> The twenty-seven-year-old <laughs> finalist. <laughs> it's fun. it's, my, it's my. It's really my one of my favorite jokes to make because he, yeah. the man's just old. I mean, he's. It, it's kind. You know, it's. He was there kids. for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Yes, him and Hendon Hooker. It's <laughs> fine, but like, yeah. it's, the, it's 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 funny because nobody called me out on it that that I made so many bunting jokes and then was a huge Hendon Hooker fan. They're both, you know, both because had, I like, was kids and stuff. So yeah, because I was writing about the Red Wings at the time that that was happening, I was getting feedback from Toronto fans in my mentions that were like, "Dude, shut up!" Yeah, I was like. Come on, it's kind of, like I at some point it's kind Michael of Michael Bunting goes to to Golden Corral at three thirty to eat dinner. Like it's yeah, just it's like, just a fact. <laughs> it's 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 such like people are so creative with it too. Like if it was just the same thing, like the banner jokes are all stupid because they're all the same thing. Mm-hmm. But like the 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 Bunting ones were so funny because people just like were just so creative with it. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, they call him but, bunting because batting wasn't invented until after he was born. Like, you know, so. Yeah, like that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, this is going to be a fun week and we'll have a whole bunch to talk about next week, I think, Chase. Yes, sir. I think so. I think yeah. so. Um, well, what can the good folks check out from you and the team over on onthefourcheck.com ahead of it? 
I don't think really anything's happening this week, so I'm not quite sure. There'll be a bunch. There'll be a lot. There'll be oh, yeah. lots and lots of stuff. I'll be there splitting time uh, between the two my two day jobs, and uh, it's going to be exciting. I'm really excited to to, to be there. Uh, mostly, I think the biggest part of it is just seeing all these people that you know I don't get a chance to normally see. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to you know get there first draft of any sort that I've ever been to. Uh, so I'm very excited to go to the hockey boy auction. So <laughs> there you go. Hockey boy. Uh, Brian Baston, Jeff Middleton, always a pleasure. And I will talk to y'all next week. See ya. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.